Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Conference call. This call is our monthly update webinar to provide an update of current runoff conditions in the Missouri River Basin. These calls are only part of our efforts to communicate with basin residents. We place all our news releases on our website at nwd.usace.army.mil and on social media at NWDUSACE. We encourage the public to use these resources as well as our app to get the latest information from the Army Corps of Engineers, the National Weather Service, and other partner agencies. These calls are provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including levy sponsors and emergency managers, and the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be moderating today's call. These calls are recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System, and links are available at www.nwd.usace.army.mil slash mrwm under latest news. Your participation today acknowledges your consent to be recorded. If you are not connected to the webinar, the slides for today's call are available at the bottom of the press release, which is available on our website. All lines have been placed on mute for this call. To unmute your line when we get to the question and answer session, press star six. If you have the webinar, call your phone. It is possible to have been double muted, which means unmuting both on your phone and on your computer screen. Despite this, the force mute function may not work on all phones, and if I ask, you may need to use your phone's own mute function to avoid interrupting the call. Please do not place the call on hold. The agendas for today's call will include an update from the NOAA Climate Center and the National Weather Service provided by Mr. Kevin Lau, from the Missouri River Water Management Division, an update from Mr. John Remus and representatives from his staff and if we've had someone join us, we'll get an update um, on the levies from the Kansas City District. Uh, well, after that, we'll, be, we'll conduct a question and answer session. If there are no questions asked, they will not be, uh, not be included in the recording. And with that, I will turn the call over to Kevin Lau. Thank you, Eileen. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, again, my name is Kevin Lau, and I'm a hydrologist for the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center located outside of Kansas City. On behalf of the National Weather Service, I wish to thank the Corps of Engineers for inviting us to participate in this series of calls. Today I'll be discussing both the climate as well as river outlooks. Next slide, please. I want to briefly look at where we have been over the past month weather-wise. With this slide, we will be looking at the month of July with temperatures on the left-hand graphic and precipitation on the right-hand. The left-hand graphic shows in degrees the departure from normal temperature. We see that for the most part, the Missouri Basin was warmer than normal for the month of July. However, in the lowest portion of the basin, southeastern Nebraska, Kansas and Missouri, you see the green color, and that indicates that we were either normal or even slightly below normal 
for the month of July with regard to temperatures. Turning to precipitation with the right-hand graphic, we see that most of the Missouri Basin experienced below normal precipitation for the month of July. There are, however, pockets of greater than normal precipitation scattered across the lower or southern portion of the basin. And I'll talk more about these pockets of excessive rainfall later on in the presentation when we address river conditions. Next slide, please. This graphic shows what the National Weather Service believes to be the best guess as to how much rain we will see over the next seven days. So this graphic shows cumulative rainfall. We see that over the next week, there are no major systems expected that would bring the Missouri Basin widespread significant rain. The best chance for rain would be in the Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri border area. But again, even here, the seven-day accumulated aerial average would be two inches or less. So again, no big rain producers are on the horizon. Next slide, please. Looking further ahead with this slide, we will look at the entire month of August and what we can expect with regard to temperatures on the left and precipitation on the right. For temperatures, odds favor warmer than normal for most of the Missouri River Basin. Only in Kansas and Missouri do we see white areas on the left-hand graphic. White areas, labeled EC for equal chances, means that climate signals are inconclusive as to whether we can expect warmer than normal temperatures, normal temperatures, or below normal temperatures. But again, for the bulk of the basin, August will likely be warmer than normal. Turning to precipitation, there is less certainty with regard to the month of August. Again, the white area, which covers about half the Missouri Basin, it suggests that there is just not enough information to conclude that August will be wetter than normal, normal, or drier than normal. I will point out, however, that the Dakotas are colored in brown, which indicates that chances are that August will be drier than normal for that area of the Upper Plains. Next slide, please. With this next slide, we'll be sticking our neck out a bit further and looking at what we think will happen over the next three months for temperature and precipitation. Again, on the left-hand side, we see the three-month outlook for temperature. And just as we saw for the one-month August outlook, the three-month temperature outlook carries the same warmer-than-normal trend for most of the basin. Only in the very lowest basin, extreme eastern Kansas and a portion of the state of Missouri, do climate signals not give a conclusive idea of what's in store for the 90-day temperature trend. Looking at the right-hand graphic, the experts at the Climate Prediction Center are tending to think the basin will continue to experience lower than normal precipitation over the next three months. And that's not a good sign for our friends out west and up north. Next slide, please. With my next slide, I want to focus on drought conditions, what they are now, which is on the left, and what we can expect going forward on the right. The left-hand graphic shows the areas of the Missouri Basin that are currently in drought. 64% of the Missouri Basin is categorized as being in some level of drought. I look back at the map from a month ago, and the total percentage uh, hasn't changed a whole lot. The right-hand graphic is very sobering. The chocolate color is the area of the nation that's expected to continue to be in drought, while the yellow areas and are those areas that are expected to go into drought. 
And so unfortunately, the experts believe that drought is only going to continue and in fact to expand in aerial coverage. Next slide, please. With our next slide, I want to turn our attention to the basin's rivers. Our basin really has two very different stories to tell. Many of the rivers in the western and northern portions of the basin are flowing at very low percentages of normal discharge. As an extreme example, I am showing on the left-hand graphic the year-to-date flow for the Yellowstone River at Glendive, Montana. The colored bands are the various percentiles of historic flows for each day of the year. I'm highlighting the fact that with the red circle that on August 4th, just yesterday, the flow at Glendive of 2,380 CFS is the lowest August 4th flow on record. And this story is being repeated across Wyoming, Montana, and North Dakota. Maybe not records, but close to record lows are occurring in the west and north of the Missouri Basin. But ours is a big basin, and the lower basin, specifically eastern Kansas and across the state of Missouri, has seen two or three rounds of flooding during the month of July. The Grand and Sheraton River Basins in northern Missouri, and the Meridicine and Osage River Basins in eastern Kansas and south central Missouri have seen widespread minor to moderate flooding during July. On the right-hand side of the graphic, I have displayed the hydrograph for the Sheraton River at Prairie Hill, Missouri. Widespread six plus inches with isolated eight plus inches of rain occurred in the overnight hours of July 9th, with the result that the Sheraton crested in major flood category. The gauge at Prairie Hill rose to its sixth highest stage on record. And so while folks are suffering from extreme drought over much of the basin, flooding can and does occur in the lower basin every month of the year. Next slide, please. Each month, toward the end of the month, we at the National Weather Service develop an extended river outlook to determine the likelihood of flooding over the next three months. Shown here on the graphic, we see that the, for, for the period August through October, we continue to have a better than 50-50 chance of experiencing minor to moderate flooding in eastern Kansas and across the state of Missouri. This is due to the typical thunderstorm activity that generally does affect the lower portion of the basin in late summer. Next slide, please. And so to wrap things up, overall the Missouri basin has been warmer than normal and drier than normal. And this trend of warm and dry is expected to continue for at least the next three months. The lower basin continues to experience on again, off again flooding due to thunderstorms. And this too is expected to continue through at least October. Thank you, and this concludes the National Weather Service Climate and River Flood Brief. Thanks, Kevin. And I will hand it to you, John Remus. <clears throat> Thank you, Eileen. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, thanks again, and uh, thank you, Kevin, for uh, those insights. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. I'm actually coming from you from the Garrison Project in North Dakota today. We're uh, here with some uh, folks from our headquarters, so uh, if my phone cuts in and out, uh, just let me know. <clears throat> our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks 
And then I will turn the discussion over to my two senior staff members for more detailed information. Excuse me, I want uh, to again assure everyone in the basin that the Corps remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting uh, people and businesses when we can from significant runoff events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin conditions, just as Kevin mentioned. These include ice-induced flooding during the uh, winter freeze-in and spring breakup periods. Also, widespread thunderstorms in the lower, base, lower Missouri River Basin can and do occur. Runoff from these large storms in the lower basin cannot always be mitigated by the operation of the main stem reservoir system. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of releases from the reservoirs. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. <clears throat> the 2021 upper basin runoff continues to be, runoff forecast, excuse me, continues to be very low. Kevin Grody and Mike Swenson will provide some more details as to how this will impact operations of the main stem. Our July, for our, excuse me, our August 1st uh, system storage check uh, indicated the water, or excuse me, our July 1st storage check indicated the water conservation measures needed to be implemented in order to service the authorized purposes in both the short and long-term uh, conditions. The conservation measures are reduced flood support to navigation and in all likelihood, minimum winter releases. The winter release rate will be based on the September 1st system storage check. Reduced flow support, flow support may impact navigation channel width and depth at some locations. Even with the reduced service level, the pools at Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe Reservoirs are expected to steadily decline between now and the beginning of the 2022 runoff season. Mike Swenson will provide more details on the expected pool elevations in a few minutes. Lower releases from the dams are likely to cause water access issues. I urge all water users, particularly intake owners, to assess the possible impacts and risk to their facility and if needed or desired, begin preparing for the possibility of lower river and reservoir levels later this summer and during the fall and winter. Early in June, a letter was sent to intake operators in the lower river. This letter is intended to inform the intake operators of the forecasted conditions and system operations for the 2021-2022 winter. The Corps is not directing anyone to take a particular action However, it is important that everyone assess and understand the risk to their individual facility, and if needed or desired, begin to take steps to assure reliability. <clears throat> the Corps of Engineers understands the importance of the Missouri River in providing water for irrigation, municipal, and industrial uses throughout the basin. We try to operate the system to meet the water supply requirements of the basin to the extent reasonably possible. There is, plenty, there is presently, and will be, adequate water in the reservoirs and in the river reaches between the reservoirs and below the system to serve all water supply needs. I want to remind everyone that the Corps of Engineers does not provide or guarantee access to the water. Maintaining access to the water is the individual facility owner operator's responsibility. We will continue to meet our statutory obligations to operate the Missouri River Main Stem Reservoir System for its authorized purposes as described in the Master Water Control Manual. We will also continue to comply with all laws and the provisions of the 2018 Biological Opinion. 
Lastly, the runoff forecast and the projected pool levels that Kevin Grody and Mike Swinson will be discussing are based on the best available information. Actual conditions may differ. This concludes my remarks. Thank you very much. I will now turn the discussion over to Kevin Grody. Thank you, John. Can you hear me, Eileen? Sure can. All right. So I am on slide 12. The updated annual runoff forecast for the upper basin, which is the Missouri River above Sioux City, Iowa, is 14.6 million acre feet, which is 57% of average. And it's also a decrease of 1 million acre feet from our July runoff forecast. As indicated by the yellow bars on the graphic, we are forecasting below average runoff each month for the, for the remainder of 2021. So let's go to slide 13. So if realized, this runoff amount of 14.6 million acre feet would be the 10th lowest runoff in 123 years of record keeping. Next slide. So now I'm on slide 14. Conditions in the upper basin continue to be drier and warmer than normal. The July upper basin runoff was 34% of average. Uh, in fact, July inflows into Fort Peck were a record monthly low for that project. So next slide, I'm on slide 15. As Kevin Lau indicated earlier, the Climate Prediction Center's latest drought outlook, which was issued in mid-July, indicates that drought conditions in the upper basin are expected to persist and uh, in some locations even expand during August, September, and October. So in summary, the 2021 calendar year runoff forecast is 14.6 million acre feet, which is 57% of average. I'll now turn this over to Mike to describe the monthly reservoir studies. Okay, thanks, Kevin. Uh, first, uh, Gavin's Point releases averaged 29,200 CFS in July. Releases are currently at 31,000 CFS and will likely be increased to 31,500 CFS in the next few days. Slide 17 shows the system storage. System storage is currently at 53.6 million acre feet, 2.5 million acre feet below the base of the flood control zone. System storage peaked early this year. It was back in late March at 56.3 million acre feet. Uh, moving on to the monthly simulations or the monthly studies, the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Kevin just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will mainly focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other simulations is posted on our web page. Uh, moving on to slide 18. Uh, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe are currently 3.5 uh, 
3.1 and 4.5 feet below the base of their respective flood control pools. All three reservoirs are expected to continue to decline over the next several months and start next year's runoff season well below the base of their respective flood control pools. As shown on the basic forecast, Fort Peck Reservoir is forecast to decline two feet by the end of August. The current release of 9,500 CFS will be held until mid-September mid and then reduced to the fall rate. Pearson Reservoir is also expected to decline about two feet by the end of August. Releases will be reduced from 22,000 to 21,000 CFS tomorrow and then reduced to the fall rate in mid-September. Oahe Reservoir is expected to decline slightly more than two feet by the end of August. Peak releases are expected to average about 31,000 CFS. Uh, you can move on to the next slide. Slide 19 details the master manual system storage checks. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and in combination with the bank stabilization and navigation project to help provide the downstream navigation channel. We are currently providing flow support at a level 1500 CFS below full service, which was determined based on the July 1st system storage check. We expect Gavin's Point monthly average releases to range from 31,000 to 32,000 CFS during the second half of the navigation season. Releases will continue to be adjusted based on downstream conditions and will be reduced in response to any downstream flooding. The navigation service, excuse me, the navigation season length is also based on the July 1st system storage and a full eight months of flow support will be provided to navigation. All three runoff scenarios currently indicate Gavin's Point winter releases of 12,000 CFS based on the September 1st storage check. With the full eight-month season, flow support to nav navigation ends on December 1st at the mouth near St. Louis. Releases from Gavin's Point will be reduced in late November, accounting for the downstream travel time. At that time, releases will be reduced from navigation support levels down to the winter release rate of 12,000. Because we are providing flow support for our eight-month navigation season, we will not be reducing releases to 9,000 CFS this year. And the next slide, uh, the summary slide, annual system uh, energy generation at the main stem dams under the basic stimulation is 8.7 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.5 billion kilowatt hours. And then the next slide, is my last slide, and that shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown on the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. Thank you, and that concludes my comments. I'll turn it back to you, Eileen. All right, thanks, Mike. Uh, did we have somebody from Kansas City join us? Yeah, hi, Eileen. This is Mike Dewitt. I'm here. All right, go for it. All right, thanks. Hey, so I'll give you an update on our current levy rehab status and then talk a little bit about the flood event we had down in the Kansas City District that last week of June into the first week of July. So uh, on the levy rehab side, uh, overall physical construction complete 
Uh, we're nearing that 90% mark with everything. So that's up about 10% from when we had our call uh, last month. So we do continue to make progress out there uh, as long as conditions allow. <clears throat> it has been dry, so uh, our contractors have been uh, moving, moving quickly when it's dry. So uh, for individual levy repairs, uh, 51 of the 66 levies that we're working on are 100% complete. Now that said, we do still have three levies remaining that are breached. Uh, those are Holt 10 and Holt 9 in Holt County, Missouri, and then Rushville Sugar Lake uh, in Platte County and Buchanan County, Missouri. The projected breach closure dates for those are as follows. So for Holt 10, uh, projected breach closure date got moved to the right a little bit to August 30th. Previously, I believe it was August 15th, and then Holt 9 has moved to September uh, 15th, where previously, I believe it was August 30th, and then Rushville Sugar Lake uh, remains on target to be uh, closed, uh, breaches closed by September 1st of 2021. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident that Rushville Sugar Lake one uh, will get closed uh, by that date or possibly prior to that date. Uh, they're making making good progress on that levy system right now. Uh, we do have a couple contracts yet to award. Uh, there's one for the Two Creek Levy System out in Warren County. Uh, that is actually in the process of being awarded, uh, so we should start uh, seeing some progress there soon. And then two contracts yet to advertise are Mo Valley Sections 1 and 2, which is also down in Warren County, and the levy district there is trying to finalize some uh, documents with the uh, Missouri Department of Transportation uh, on some easements or work permits. And then there's one on the Kansas River, Tri-County, Kansas section number two uh, near St. Mary's uh, that will also be, uh, uh, excuse me, be writing a project information report and then hopefully get uh, that approved and send it on to uh, contracting to advertise and, and award uh, by this fall. So talk a little bit about the flood we had. Uh, Back in June, at uh, the beginning, beginning of July there, you heard the National Weather Service at the beginning of our call talk about uh, some of the heavy rainfall we had come through in the lower basin. So we did declare a flood event uh, during that time period. Um, from that, we have so far received 13 requests for rehabilitation assistance from levy districts that participate in our program. Uh, from a damage standpoint, it's nothing like 2019, not, not nearly that uh, to that scale. Uh, most of what we're seeing are scour, erosion, embankment slides, things like that, uh, not near, nearly as major as all the breaches and things we saw in 2019. Uh, so for levy districts, if there's levy districts on the phone that uh, sustained damages uh, during that flood in late June, early July, today is your last day to uh, submit a request for assistance to us. Uh, like I said, we've received 13 so far, and I know there's a couple more in the mail. Uh, but if that request for assistance is either emailed to me or postmarked uh, by August 5th, you know, it counts. So if you have damages, please get those uh, requests into us. And then that, that'll conclude my update for today, and I'm happy to take any questions uh, during the Q&A session. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. And then just for a reminder, we will be holding uh, at this they are scheduled for the last week of October. We're going to hold our public meetings in person. Uh, they'll be at various locations along the Missouri River. We'll provide more detailed information uh, in our September press release um, and update, update that information on our website. This is our last call, our last 
scheduled call for 2021. I don't want to jinx it. Um, so we will resume our monthly calls in January. We res you know, reserve the uh, potential to hold a call should conditions change. Um, but at this point, our public meetings the end of October and then we'll resume monthly calls in January. For our speakers today, this is uh, names and titles. And then um, in place of Judd Kneeven, you had Mike Doolin, that's M-I-K-E-D-U-L-I-N. Um, and then with that, we will move to the question and answer session. I will go in alphabetical order by state. We'll do congressional delegation members first. Then we'll move to tribes, then state local government officials, and then the media. So if you have a question, please uh, take your line off mute and state your name and the organization you represent. State of Iowa. Again, congressional delegation first. Kansas. Missouri. Montana. Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming. All right, we'll move to tribal representative. Again, star six to unmute. Um, you may need to use the um, Computers unmute function to come off mute. Tribal representative, state of Iowa. Kansas. Missouri. Montana. Nebraska. North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming. Okay. Uh, state, local government officials, levy sponsors. Oh, we'll make this round and then we'll move to media. Um, again, star six to unmute. Iowa. Kansas, Missouri. Hi, this is Stacy Fowler with MoDOT uh, Waterways Program. Could you please uh, tell me again, I know they said that the flows from Davenport were going to be lowered tomorrow. Could I get the numbers on that again, please? Mike, uh, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear the question. Okay, Mike, have you got that? Thanks. Okay. Uh, we're to know the flows out of Gavin's Point. Gavin's Point right now, the releases are 31,000. 
and we're expecting to increase those releases in the next couple of days to 31,500. I apologize, I heard it wrong, thank you. You may have, you may have heard garrison. We are going to decrease releases at a garrison. Okay, all right, but Gavin's point is really what affects most of the lower Correct. right? Yeah. Correct. Okay, so increasing the 31,500, is that correct? Yeah, right now we're at 31,000, and then um, we're showing increasing to 31,500 on the 10th. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And the, to, to add to that, that is to meet our, our navigation target uh, in the lower river, and right now that's Nebraska City. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, any other questions, State of Missouri, for uh, state local government levy sponsors? Okay, Montana. Nebraska. North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming. All right, we'll move to media. Again, please state your name and the organization you represent. Star six to come off mute, perhaps your computer as well. State of Iowa. Kansas, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska. Hey, this is Nancy Garda from the Omaha World Herald. Hi, Nancy. Hi, I wonder if John could elaborate a little bit on the uh, discussion about um, water uh, water availability in the river going into the winter. He said that there will be enough water to meet uh, the requirements, but that people should uh, <clears throat> make sure they have access. How do you, can you explain how, if there's enough water, someone would need to make sure they have access? And then, um, and also could he, um, Kind of put it in its historic context. You know, we've had really serious drought on the river, and it would be my guess that people would already be prepared for it. So, what are the potential issues that might occur, and, and to what extent might, might we be unprepared for what might happen? Thank you. Okay. Well, what we're what do we say when there's enough water? Is that uh, uh, there's always going to be water in the river? So people will, there will be water that uh, people can take out of there. Uh, conditions that might make uh, uh, an intake that maybe can't get enough water would be maybe some sedimentation out in front of it that, that limits the amount of water that can get to the intake. Uh, there could be some, uh, uh, you know, degradation in the channel that uh, would lower the water surface elevation uh, there. Uh, those types of things uh, that could, uh, could, uh, to compromise the reliability of any particular water intake. 
And uh, you know what? We we're just trying to make everyone aware that we we feel that uh, we will be doing 12,000 cubic feet per second for our winter release based on everything that we're seeing. And the people just need to be aware of that. We're trying to give them uh, some lead time so that they can assess their particular situation and determine if they want to take some type of uh, action to increase the reliability of their particular facility. Uh, I don't, uh, I, well, we've heard back from some of the, uh, the, the municipal uh, water intake saying, you know, this could be a problem for us uh, if we get below 12,000. But uh, what we've heard so far is that 12,000 is kind of the, right on the edge at, at some for some of these particular facilities. Um, so uh, we just wanted to make people aware of what we think will happen this winter. And uh, as we've moved through the summer, our, uh, our expectation of 12,000 or, or our confidence in 12,000 has become greater as we move through this year. I don't know if that answered your question or not. Very helpful. Uh, thank you. One last question. Do you anticipate the water level this winter will be anywhere near historic or just your basic low water level? That's my last question. Thank you. Uh, well, it, it depends on where you're at and whether or not it's going to be historic. Uh, we've had lower releases uh, than 12,000. So um, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, it depends on the tributary inflow during the winter, but it will be a low water year Thank you. in the winter time. Thanks, Nancy. Uh, any additional questions, State of Nebraska? Okay, moving on again, media, North Dakota. South Dakota. Wyoming. Uh, looks like there was some conversation in the chat, but it also looks like the questions and stuff were answered, so I'm not going to worry about that. Um, were there any additional questions or anything uh, from anyone that was on the line? Unmute star six, state your name and organization, please. John, did you have any closing comments? Uh, yes, thank you, Arlene. I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to this uh, call and all of our calls this year. Uh, I want to re reiterate that we will be at this time uh, planning to do our, our fall meetings in, in person throughout the basin. So please look at our September um, news release for some more details on that as to when and where those meetings will be. Uh, again, that is probably subject to any developments with COVID, but uh, right now we're still planning to do those face-to-face. -face. Um, other than that, I just, again, thank everyone. Thank uh, uh, Kevin Lau for, for his input today and Mike Doolin as well. Thank you. All right. Thanks, John. And with that, that concludes today's call. And, again, please uh, – Continue to follow us on social media and our website for the latest information. Thank you.